Hello, 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 hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Ed Talk with Pastor Strick. I am your boy, Pastor Strick, and I'm happy to be back this week. I'm excited about our topic today. We're going to be talking about a journey to commitment, a journey to commitment. Listen, you guys know what I ask you to do. Every time we go live, I ask you to hashtag your city or state and let me know where you are listening or watching from. So go ahead and take a moment and do that. And while you are doing that, if you can also tag a friend, let them know that Ed Talk is back this week. Last week I was out. I was with my wife. We were moving one of our daughters into college and uh, I did not want to uh, be distracted from helping her. So I took a week off, but I am back and we are ready to go. Listen, I don't know if you had a chance to join uh, strategies for success yesterday, which is what my wife does each Monday. And if you did not watch it, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you definitely need to go to her personal page, her professional page, and you need to subscribe to it because every Monday, every Monday almost, she does a session called strategies for success. And if you can listen uh, to those strategies, I promise you, your life can be much, much better. Success will be an easy thing for you. So listen, I'm going to give it just a moment while you guys are tagging and sharing and let me know where you're watching from. I see we have Little Rock in the house. We have uh, North, North Carolina in the house. We have Missouri in the house. So you guys go ahead and keep tagging and keep sharing and let me know uh, where you are from and then help me out with a little social media outreach. Again, if you did not watch Strategies for Success yesterday, then you missed a treat. You should go back and you should watch it because it's going to help you uh, become even more equipped uh, to hear what I have to say today. My wife and I have been talking uh, at our church. Most of you know that I, I have the opportunity to pastor with my wife at Fellowship of Champions Church International. Uh, a worldwide ministry where we teach people how to walk in love, live by faith, so they can experience God's prosperity in every area of their life. And so you can see on the screen, it says Pastor Strick. And so I don't shy away from that, even though this podcast is listed uh, in the self-help and personal improvement category. Uh, everything we talk about is based on the word of God. Amen. Uh, practical, but yet still based in scripture and around God's word. And so we've been talking to our church about the power of renewing your mind, the power of renewing your mind. If you expect to achieve anything great, it begins between your ears. It begins in your mind. And so many times people don't understand that they're not achieving or they're not reaching the goals uh, that they would um, be able to reach if they could just change their thinking. You know, our tagline on this podcast is to change your thinking, change your life, because we believe here at Ed Talk with Pastor Strick that how we think governs a lot about what we do. And then what we do governs what we get to see actualized in our life. And so it is important for us to make sure that you are thinking right, you are doing right, so you can receive the right things. And so today we're going to get into uh, today's topic, and we're going to be talking about the journey of commitment, the journey of commitment. There are five personal levels of commitment that all of us, all of us, without fail, engage in, in every goal, in every dream, in every desire and activity that, that, that we participate in. Um, you can't get away from it. You will have one of these levels of commitment. The question becomes, are you satisfied with the outcome that the level you are currently at is going to produce for you? And so today may be one of those days where you're listening to this podcast or maybe you're watching it live as I'm doing it, that you want to grab a piece of paper uh, you want to take some notes. You want to write some things down because you may need to come back to this podcast and listen to it a couple of times because I have a lot of information uh, that I want to share with you. But 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 I'm not going to take all day to do it. You guys know we, we spend about an hour on this podcast. 
And so we're going to jump right into it so that you understand uh, exactly what's going on. So let me just say this. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you are engaging with this podcast. I am Pastor Strick, and I am happy that you are here for another episode of Ed Talk with Pastor Strick. We are talking about the journey of commitment. And today I want to walk you through a journey that many of us unwittingly take because we really don't have a choice. Everything we do is wrapped up in one of these five levels of commitment. And as a result, we get out of it what we put into it. And so we're going to be talking about the journey of commitment. How committed are you to your goals, to your dreams, to your activities? How committed are you? Because based on how committed you are, it's going to be um, proportional to the results that you receive. Specifically today, I want to explore the five levels of commitment necessary to obtain our goals and our dreams and how they relate to us becoming people of excellence. Because as you know, here on this podcast, one of the things we're always stri striving to do is to become better individuals. We want to become better at our jobs. We want to be better at our relationships. We want to be better in dealing with our thinking feeling cycle. We want to be better at dealing with finances. We want to be better at interacting with our kids and our co-workers and our loved ones. We want to be people of excellence in every area of life. That doesn't mean we want to be perfect. That doesn't mean we, we have a perfectionist spirit. We're not striving for perfection, but we are striving to be excellent. What does that mean? That means every time we engage in something, we want to do it to the best of our abilities. All right. So in this journey to reach our personal goals, we all start at different stages. OK. And as my wife said yesterday on on uh, strategies for success, you can be at a particular level in one area of your life, but then be at a different area in another area of your life. So it's important when we talk about these levels today of your personal commitment that you take the time to evaluate each and every goal, each and every dream and each and every activity based on its own merits. That you don't just decide that because you are a, a, a five in one area that you are five in every area. So you got to understand that these things are, are are not static. They can move. They can change, uh, and it's not and, and they're not monolithic in the sense that just because you are a four in one area, meaning you're going to be a four in every area. So today, when you're when when you're listening to this, I want you to think about the two or three biggest goals that you are currently working on, two or three of the biggest dreams that you have, or two or three of the next big activities that you've already committed to in your life. And I want you to be thinking about where are you in relationship to those goals, to those dreams, to those activities? Where are you on these scales or on these levels or in these stages of commitment? Okay. Because what's important is this, we might linger at one stage longer than other people. And that's okay. That's okay. What's important though, is that you be able to recognize where you are. Okay. Understand the need to push yourself through into the next level. And then we're going to talk about what are the actual steps you need to climb to the next level. Okay. Because if we talk about the levels and you identify them, that's great. But what are you going to do to push to get to the next level? Do you know the steps to get there? And in today's podcast, that's what I wanna share. So let's jump into these levels real quick. Some of you who was with us on Sunday or you were with us on Strategies for Success on Monday, you already know, uh, or maybe you've heard these five levels of personal commitment, but I wanna walk through them fairly quickly because then I wanna spend the bulk of our time talking about how do I move from a level one to a two? What if I decide that I'm a level two? What if I evaluate that? How do I get from a two to a three or three to a four or four to a five? Because what I don't want you to think is that is that you can just go from a one to a five. It, it is it's great to have the mindset that says I'm going to a five. But even if you went from a one to a five today, you still have to go through at least the steps that gets you to a two, three, four and five. And most people want these things to happen overnight when in reality, this is much more of a journey. That's why we call this the journey of commitment. OK, so let's talk about level one. What is level one? Level one is the bottom level of commitment. And we call it the reluctant 
participation stage. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down real quick. It's the reluctant participation stage. And we've all been here before. What is this level? At this level, individuals are minimally involved in any goal, dream, activity, or pursuit that they are engaged in. They may participate out of obligation, external pressure, or because they feel they have no other choice, but their heart is not in it. They, are, they, they may not believe in or even care about the purpose of the outcome. They're committed because their spouse told them they had to be. They're committed because their job told them they had to be. They're committed because in reality, they don't want anybody else really talking to them about what they shouldn't be doing or what they should be doing. It is reluctance. I'm participating, but, but I am very reluctant to participate. Think about, think about it like this. Think about a time when you started some kind of new project or you took up some kind of new hobby. Uh, per, perhaps it was joining a gym. A lot of people like to join a gym at the beginning of, of each year. Right. Or maybe you decide you're going to learn a new instrument. You're going to learn how to play the piano. And at first, you may not have been entirely on board with it. You joined because someone insisted that you should. Someone said, man, you need a hobby. Someone said, man, you need to get healthy. Someone said, oh, you need to learn how to play this or you need to learn how to do that. And so you felt some kind of societal pressure around the idea of doing this particular thing. But the key here is that your heart wasn't in it. And because your heart wasn't in it, progress was slow. Progress was unsurprising. Progress was, was almost non-existent. Why? Because your heart wasn't in it. And so many people, they have dreams and goals and aspirations that they would like to see come to pass. But because they are in this particular stage, because their heart is not in it, they don't get to see any real results happen in their life. And if you've ever been at a stage one at anything in your life, based on how I define this, go ahead and put a one in the comment section. I know I can. There have been some things that I said I was going to do. And the truth of the matter is my heart wasn't in it. Even if my mind knew I needed to do it, even if my mind knew that I needed to be working out, I needed to be eating right. I needed to be saving more money. I needed to be working on my relationships. Even though my mind knew that's what I needed to do, my heart wasn't fully in it. And as a result, I saw very little outcomes. I saw very little um, uh, reward coming out of that participation. Why? Because I was a reluctant participant. Okay. So that is what we happens at stage one. Okay. Let's move up and let's talk about what stage two is. We define stage two as the desiring results without work or the seeking rewards without effort stage. In this stage, this reflects a wishful or entitled mindset. People who live at a level two, they have an almost entitled mindset. What do I mean by that? People at this level, they want the benefits or the rewards of a particular activity or endeavor, but they are not willing to put in the necessary effort. This is the key. This is the key. They, they want the results. See, when you're a reluctant participant, you may not even want the results. You may just say, hey, I just want to do enough to get folks off my back. But if you're at a level two, you actually desire the results. You actually are seeking the reward of whatever activity or endeavor, whatever goal or dream that you're participating with. You actually want it. But the problem is you're not willing to put in the necessary effort, right? You may hope for like having to find a shortcut, find some easy wins, or that other people would actually come along and do the hard work for you so that you get the results. It's like being in a team project and everybody is supposed to participate and do a particular thing. And what you do is you show up to the group project, but you don't take the notes. You don't do the research. You don't type up the report. You don't do the presentation. You don't do anything but sit with the group. And then you want the you want to get the A like everybody else did. And for many people, you have some goals and some dreams. But if you are honest on this podcast today, you can say, you know what? I have not been putting forth the necessary effort. Now, this is the time to be transparent, right? This isn't the time to just think about your neighbor and think about your friend, think about your spouse, think about your family. This is self-evaluation time. 
And so if you are evaluating and you can say, you know what? I was at a level one on some things, but I can also see there are some things in my life where I am a level two. I, I want I want to lose weight. I even got the gym membership, but I don't go. I want to be healthier. I want to get rid of this high blood pressure. I want to get rid of this diabetes. But you know what? I like my sugar and I like my fried foods. And so as a result, I'm not putting in the necessary work to get the results that I say I want. If that's been you at any point in your life, come on, let's be transparent. You know what to do. Go ahead and put a two in the comment section. Go ahead and put a two in the comment section. Why? Because at level two is something that we've all been guilty of, wanting a reward without putting in the effort. We expect to see results instantly. And that's the problem with most people. We don't understand that most of the things that we want out of life, it's a journey to get them. It doesn't mean it's going to take forever, but it is a journey. Whether that journey takes a day, a week, a month, a year, it's a journey. What happens is we want to lose weight after one workout. Come on now. You, it took you 10 years to gain that weight and you want to lose the weight after one workout or you decide you want to take up the, a hobby like playing the piano and you take two lessons and now you wonder why you can't uh, play like someone who's been playing for 20 years. Success does not happen overnight. It's a common trap that people fall into thinking that wanting the outcome, hear me, they spend time thinking that they want the outcome is the same thing as working for it. But just because you want the outcome, it is not the same thing as working for the outcome. But if you live at a level two, that's what you'll be. You'll be frustrated that you're not getting the outcome, even though you're not putting in the necessary work. OK, now you may be at a one in some areas, you may be at a two in some areas, but let's take a look. Let's move up our, our stage level and let's take a look at level three. Level three is a lot like level two, but it's a step above. It's called the ambiguous intent stage, the ambiguous intent stage. What happens here? Individuals at this stage are uncertain or unclear about their real intentions. They may be ambivalent about their goals, or they may lack clarity on what they truly want. While they may show some sporadic burst of enthusiasm, their efforts can be inconsistent because of their ambiguity. In other words, it's like if you've ever uh, been in a relationship and, and you ask somebody a question, something simple like, what do you want to eat? <laughs> That's a question that a lot of couples have all the time. What do you want to eat? Oh, I don't know what I want to eat. Well, do you want Chinese? Oh, no, I don't want Chinese. Okay, what about Italian? Nope, don't want that. Okay, what about French? Ooh, no, I don't want French. And then you say, okay, well, what do you want? And they go, well, I don't know what I want. Okay, when we don't know what our goals are, when we don't know what our dreams are, when we don't know what activities we ought to be working in, then we, we, we end up in this ambiguous intent stage. And why is that important? Because many times people say things like this. And I know because my wife and I talk to people like this all the time and they say, well, I want a better life. And then, of course, our next question is always, what does a better life look like? Well, I don't know, but not this. Well, if you don't know what it is, then you're not able to put any consistent effort, any consistent time, any consistent um, work behind moving toward those goals. Here in this particular stage, the initial reluctance is gone. OK, you're not in a stage one. You're actually more engaged, but there's still some uncertainty here. We set vague goals like I want to get fit. Well, what does get fit mean to you? What does that look like? Or we say things like, well, I want to be better. Uh, or we say things like, I want to get closer to God. But what does that actually look like? In this particular stage, people have no clear objectives. The path forward is foggy at best. And without clarity, the commitment wavers. The commitment wavers. And what happens is they end up just, just spending time thinking right about what they want to do but they never get clear on what it is they want to do and then we move from this ambiguous intent stage to the fourth stage which we call the half-hearted commitment stage the half-hearted commitment stage or the incomplete dedication stage why do we call this incomplete in this particular stage people have taken a step further toward commitment but they're still holding back in some way they might initiate action or make some effort, but are easily deterred by the challenges or distractions that may come their way. 
their commitment can be described as having one foot in and one foot out. Here, they may set some specific goals, unlike stage three. However, when obstacles arise, they opt out for an easier route, sometimes abandoning their goals when they become challenging. The commitment is there, but it's fragile. In other words, uh, when we were talking about this on Sunday, my wife made a great point because I keep talking about when things become hard. And she said, it's not just that when things become hard, sometimes people will drop their dreams or drop their goals or, or, or drop their endeavors because something else becomes more fun. You know, when you're working toward a goal, it takes effort, it takes time, it takes energy. And sometimes people will drop doing that because it's easier to do something else. It's easier to do, uh, it's easier to hang out with your friends and and, and watch TV and watch a movie and, and, and go to the lake rather than sitting down and reviewing that business plan, rather than going over the content of the class that you're that you're going to be teaching and selling or working on your business or streamlining the people who work in your business or better training them to do a better job and get better at customer service, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, uh, the other thing that's more fun can be more appealing. And one of the things we talked about is in stage three and in stage four, what happens to a lot of people is they are spending time thinking about their goals, thinking about their dreams, thinking about the activities or endeavors that they are involved in. And many people mistake thinking about their goals, dreams, and aspirations as actually doing something. And, and that's where you end up in this ambiguous intent stage or this half-hearted commitment or incomplete dedication stage. Why? Because you mistake thinking about doing something as actually doing something. And that's the problem for so many people. And it was like an aha moment for many people the last couple of times we've talked about this because they were able to say, you know what, I do think about things like meal prepping. I do think about things like going to the gym. I do think about the exercises that I should be doing when I'm at the gym. And I spend so much time thinking about all of those things. I actually feel like I've done something. But the truth is, thinking about doing something and actually doing something is always going to produce different results. And so you got to get to the place where you're not tricking yourself into thinking and believing that you actually have um, uh, something going on just because you're thinking about it. Right. And so then we get to level five. And what and, and again, we're just talking about what these stages are. We're going to get into just a moment about how to get to the next stages. And so then we get to level five. OK, level five is what we call the unwavering dedication or the resolute pursuit stage. This is where we want to live. This is where we want to be in every area of our life and understand life happens. Sometimes our commitment level might be at a five. Sometimes it might drop back to a four. But our goal in being excellent is to always want to be at a level five in everything we've decided to pursue. Why? Because only at level five do we actually get our intended outcomes. And so here, I want you to go ahead and do this, even though I even though I talked about it being a journey. I want you to go ahead and put a stake in the ground right now. And I want you to go ahead and type in the comment section, say, I will live at a level five. It's a faith statement. You may be at a one today. You may be at a two in some areas, a three or four. But I want you to go ahead and make the faith statement. I will live at level five. Level five is where we're going to be operating from. Level five is how we're going to uh, hear what God has for us in our lives. It's where our dreams and desires are going to be birthed from. And this is going to be our roadmap to pursuing them, right? Because what is level five? Level five is the pinnacle of commitment. It is the pinnacle of commitment. Individuals who live at this level are wholeheartedly dedicated to their pursuit their goal, their dream, their aspiration, their endeavors. They are determined, they are focused, and they are willing to make whatever sacrifices necessary to achieve those goals. They do not accept any excuses. They accept no excuses. Somebody go ahead and type that in the comment section. No excuses. 
I remember uh, years ago, I learned this phrase about excuses. And anytime I talk about excuses, I always say it. And it is that excuses are monuments of nothingness. They build bridges that lead to nowhere. And those who choose to use those tools of incompetence end up becoming masters of nothingness. And so level five people don't accept excuses. They don't allow external factors and setbacks to deter them or to get them off track. They don't allow sideshow distractions like going and having fun when they know they have work to do. It doesn't mean that they're all work and no play, but they are work first, play second, not play first, work second kind of people. And they demonstrate most of all resiliency and persistence in the pursuit of their endeavors. They, they, they may fall down, but they get up. They may fail once, but they're going to get up a second time. They may not get the outcome they desired the first, second, third, fourth, fifth time they tried it. But on that sixth time, they're going to persevere. They're going to get up and brush themselves off. People who live at a level five are the kind of people who we look at and say, wow, they don't give up. They don't quit. They don't cave in. You want to be a level five individual. Why? Because this is, as they say, where the magic happens. Goals get really clear. Your effort becomes consistent. Obstacles don't stand in your way. They may come, but you just see them as challenges to be overcome. No reason to quit, just the opportunity to learn something else. When you're at a level five, you're not just chasing your goals. You're actually living them. You actually are doing the things that take you in the direction of living your best life. Every setback simply becomes a setup for a comeback when you're at level five. When you're at a level four, you won't persevere. When you're at a level three, you're not even sure if you want to do it. When you're at a level two, you're looking for somebody else to do it for you so you can get the reward. And when you're at a level one, you're just playing a game so no one will ask you why you're not playing. And so you have to determine where are you right? Where are you in those one or two big goals that you have for yourself today? Where are you in those one or two activities you've already gotten started? Where is your level of commitment? And then once you identify what your level of commitment is, now you can begin the journey that says, okay, I know what I need to do. I need to be able to, to take the next step. If I'm at a one, how do I get to a two? If I'm at a two, how am I going to get to a three? If I'm at a three, how am I going to get to a four? And if I'm a four, how do I get to that level five so that I can actually live out my best life? Now, please understand, these levels simply provide a framework to evaluate and reflect on our own commitment or the commitment of team members in various situations, allowing us to target and to have targeted interventions or strategies to foster increased dedication. What is it that you need increased dedication in? My wife is talking the other day. She has she has changed her eating plan. Uh, and I've watched her over the last couple of weeks be so dedicated and persistent to her pursuit. I mean, the other day I had just yesterday I had some French fries and a Dr. Pepper and I was eating them and, and they were good and they smelled good. And she said they smelled good. But you know what she was eating? She was eating vegetable medley mix. That's what she had for her snack. She, but why? Because she's committed. She's living at level five where her eating is concerned. And so what is it that you say, you know what, Pastor Edwin, I need to level up my commitment. You know what? In fact, if there is one area, you don't even have to tell me what it is. If there is an area that you know right now that you need to level up your commitment for and you are willing to level up your commitment, I need you to put an eight in the comment section. Why eight? Because eight represents new beginning. I need you to put an eight in the comment section. You don't have to tell me what it is. You don't have to tell me what area it's in. But if you can be honest, and there's about 55, about 50 of you on here, if you can say, you know what? I know an area I need to level my, I need to level up my commitment in. I need you to put an eight in the comment section. I need you to be, be honest with yourself. Think about it. What area have you been saying to yourself that you're not doing? And, and, and yesterday, I'm going to I'm going to actually bring Pastor Sean in for just a moment because we had a conversation yesterday about what happens when we lie to ourselves. Right. 
And, and, and she said it was a, a aha moment for her. And so what I want to do is I want to bring her in and, and we're going to talk just a little bit about what do we need to do to stop lying to ourselves so that we can then get involved in these next levels of commitment. So I'm going to bring her in and then we'll finish this podcast off with me talking about what we need to do to go from the next level. So let me go ahead and bring her in. Hello, Pastor Sean, you're on mute. So you may need to take yourself off of mute. I appreciate you being here with me today. Listen, we had a great conversation yesterday on strategies for success. And one of the things we talked about was how, Oftentimes, we lie to ourselves about what we're going to do. And I think you called it um, self-integrity. Can you talk about the importance of self-integrity and how if we don't have it, even if we know the steps to get to the next level, we'll hinder ourselves from getting there? Well, I think the reality of it is, and thank you for having me on Ed Talk with Pastor Strick. Um, I, think, I think the reality of it is, is that we have normalized lacking integrity with ourselves. The reality of it is, is that most of us do not want to be perceived as lying to our spouse, our kids, our parents. We want to be known as being people of integrity on our jobs and our churches. And so what we have done is that it's almost like we have a piece of pie, but we didn't give ourselves a piece of the pie. And so what we do I think you're freezing on Am me. Am I here? You were freezing on me. I don't know if that was mine or yours. I think I'm oh, clear. That's I crazy. Oh. Uh, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. And and so I think we've just normalized this lack of integrity to, to ourselves. And then we make excuses about our lack of integrity and we say things like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't have integrity because I don't love myself or I don't have integrity to myself. But And really, like, um, one of the things we have to do is just tell the truth to ourselves, right? And, and, and here's the thing. We don't have to feel like doing all the things we need to do to have integrity. Every one of us can can say one of the big conversations in our house is that if somebody says to you, do you want to go get me something? You almost always are like, nope, but I will. Right. So I don't have to I, I want to really say that I think it's garbage to say, oh, I have to have this high level of love for myself. I have to love myself like a person who didn't experience this or whatever to simply say, I'm going to do what needs to be done for myself the same way I do what needs to be done for the other people in my life, right? But the big aha I had yesterday was that anybody who has done my work, my soul shift work, knows that we do a lemon exercise. Mm -hmm. And when you said um, intent is not action, and I want everybody to put that in the comments, and I want you to share this with somebody and tag somebody, intent is not action. And I thought about, you know, because I do a lot of work on the soul and I, I talk a lot. I do this lemon exercise where I talk about the power of our imagination mm -hmm. and our um, imagination to create emotions for us and things that are not real. Now, we've all experienced that. We've all had a nightmare or we were at home and we thought we heard a noise. And because we thought we heard a noise, our body's now responding like there's an actual intruder and it wasn't real. But in the lemon exercise, I say to people, hey, imagine that you're going to your refrigerator, get a lemon out, take the lemon out, put it on a cutting board, cut it, smell the lemon. I say, then I want you to cut it in half and I want you to take a big bite out of the lemon. Most people probably had a reaction. I had a reaction even as I said it, right? That is the power of our thoughts and our imagination. The reality of it is, though, none of us just had a lemon. We didn't have a limit. So when you were talking about how intent is not action, I was thinking, so the deception that many of us are living in is that because we thought about working out, 
and we had this physiological response or we thought about the meal prep or we thought about saving the money or we thought about shutting up when the Lord told us to in an argument with our spouse, that we actually have convinced ourselves that we have done something. And I was thinking that's what leads to the frustration because I spent all this time thinking about building my business, thinking about improving my health, thinking about improving my marriage. But in reality, I actually didn't do anything, which leads to many people with questions like, why doesn't my faith work? Well, because you didn't actually work. Or why doesn't God show up for me too? Because you didn't actually use your faith. And so even last night in Soul Shift, I really challenged them and said, but what are you going to do? Because if you don't do something, you're going to always be frustrated. And that's not how God wants us to live. Yeah, I think I think that's a powerful note that everybody has to take aware of. You know, I was thinking, and I, I really encourage people to go back and listen to yesterday's uh, strategies for success and not just because I was on it, but just because of the topic. But one of the things we talked about yesterday that I want us to kind of look at today is this idea of, of how our brains are hardwired to protect ourselves. And, 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 and let me, let me share what I'm talking about. If you engage with an individual who is dishonest, if you engage with the person who engages in deception, if you engage with the person who's a, a constant um, liar, that they're not a truth teller, your brain will start to send you signals about that individual so that you can be protected from the harm that comes from someone who is untrustworthy, someone who is not a truth teller, someone That's who is someone who's full of deception. Our brains are just hardwired to protect us from that. The problem is, is that our brains do not differentiate between a stranger doing that to us and us doing that to us. <coughs> oh, wow. If we spend time constantly telling ourselves things and we don't follow through with it, we spend time constantly uh, telling ourselves um what we're going to do and how things are going to be and what we're going to do for ourselves. And then we don't follow through on that. We lie to ourselves. Our brains actually begin to work to protect us from us. And so Ooh. I was reading about that last night. I went and I was reading all these when I was laying in the room. That's what I was doing. I was just reading all these different articles and different things about how the, our brains are hardwired to protect us. And if we get into the habit of lacking self-integrity with ourselves, our brain starts to do things to protect us from us. So we say we want to lose weight. We say we want to improve our relationships. We say we want to build our finances. We say we want to build our relationships. We say we want to get a better job. We say we want to be in better health. But then our brain says, oh, but I can't trust you. So because I can't trust you, I've got to send you some other signals so that we don't get disappointed when you let us down again. And so oh, that's good. That is the reason that we have to really evaluate where we are in these levels and then find out what we need to do to get to the next level. What are your thoughts on that? Man, I think that's so good. I was thinking that really we've conditioned ourselves to trust, not to trust ourselves, mm -hmm. right? And then I was thinking, here's the thing where I think a lot of people are going to get stuck and I'm going to encourage you not to. What a lot of people now want to do is dig in the dirt to find out why they don't trust themselves. Mm. Mm. And then they're going to spend another three months having dialogue about why they don't trust themselves instead of becoming a person of integrity towards themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, again, that gets back into that thinking paralysis. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Well, why don't I trust myself? Oh, because this happened in sixth grade and this happened when I was 21 and I done tried to lose weight 15 times and I tried to get a better job for three months. And that is the delusion and the deception that keeps us in the cycle. If you recognize yourself in that right now. The way to fix it is to say, from this moment on, I will become a level five person in keeping my word to myself. That doesn't mean that I will do it every single time. That means I raise my standard of how I engage with myself. 
That's what I heard you saying, that if my brain is designed to protect me, even from me, and I realize that I have been a harm to myself by not being a person of integrity to myself, then the first thing I need to do is to raise my standard of how I handle myself. Let me say one more thing. I'll toss it back. One of the things I notice right now is that it's real big for a lot of women to be like, here is my standards and here is my boundaries and here is how other people are going to handle me. The question I would ask you is how do you handle yourself? Mm, there you go. We spend a lot of time, you know, strict ain't going to just handle me. My kids ain't going to just handle me. But how do you actually handle yourself? Where is the honor and the integrity and the respect for yourself. So that's what I heard when you were saying that. I thought it was so good. Yeah. And here's the thing I'll add to that. If you have been a consummate untruth teller to yourself, okay, won't call you a liar. But if you've you been so a sweet, because I was about to say, why are you saying it like that? You just admit it. Lie, you lied to yourself. If you have been, if you've lied to yourself, if you've been a consummate untruth teller to yourself, then you're going to have to do the same thing to yourself and for yourself that you would have to do in any relationship where you've broken trust. Anytime you've broken trust in a relationship, the only way to get that trust back is to be trustworthy over time. And so you're going to have to be trustworthy. And I want people to hear me because, yes, I want you to say going forward today, I'm going to be level five. That doesn't mean your brain is going to go, OK, we're level five. Your brain is still thinking I need to protect us from her or I need to protect us from him. So the only way you're going to get out of that is over time being truthful being truthful with yourself. And when you become truthful with yourself over time, then your brain will let down its guard and begin to work in unison with you to help bring to pass those things you say that are important because now it can actually believe you. Now your brain can actually believe that you want to have a better relationship. It actually can believe that you want to work on your health. It can actually believe that you want better finances. It can actually believe that you want to be a better person. Why? Because you have actions that line up and you have the resiliency and the fortitude to do what's necessary in order to achieve what you stated. You stop lying to yourself. But if I've broken trust with you, the only way for me to regain that trust, if you give me the opportunity and your brain will give you the opportunity, but the only way to regain that trust is to be trustworthy over time. And so we've got to give ourselves time and permission. But at the same time, you don't have time to be just messing around. You got to be truthful to yourself. So that is why I summed it up as saying you've got to raise your standards. Yeah. You must raise your standards of how you engage with yourself. Somebody Tori put in the comments, she said, I need to have boundaries to myself for myself. Yeah, and I think true. that that's such a really good point that many of us, um, that many of us need to have boundaries to myself for myself. Yep. And again, I want you as a coach, as a mental health soul shift coach, I want to tell you that many of you are going to have to resist the urge of going down the rabbit hole of why am I like this? I'm not telling you that you might not get better understanding of why as you do the work. Your goal now must be to raise the standards and do the work, not to dig in the dirt about how you got there. Because at the end of the day, if you got there because of something your mama did, something you did, something your daddy did, or something your first grade teacher did, the most important thing is that you leave this state. Yes. And the only way to leave, the I cannot tell you, I've been doing this work for 13 years. I cannot tell you how many times we have dissected down to the common, the lowest common denominator with someone, but they still didn't change the behavior. They could identify the 37 reasons of where, how they got where they were, but they didn't change the behavior. I am challenging you to change, to raise the standard and to begin to be a, a person of integrity to yourself. I say this all the time. You may not have broken you, but it's your responsibility to actively participate in your healing. Mm -hmm. That's good. 
That's good. And so I, I appreciate you sharing that because that was that was one of the big takeaways that I wanted us to make sure that I got a chance to share on this podcast is that when you identify these five levels of personal commitment and we all have them, we all have these five levels of personal commitment. You can rename them whatever you want to, but they exist in your life. And in order for us to understand where we are, OK, that's great. But like you said, it's not enough to just dig around in the dirt and go, oh, I'm a level one because uh, I, I couldn't. My, my parents were, were never there or or, or you know, I'm at a level three because my daddy used to say he's going to come by and get me and then he wouldn't come get me. So because he wasn't consistent, I ain't consistent. All of those things may be true. But what are you going to do to change your behavior? Because if you don't change the behavior, you can't change the outcome. And so what I want to do with these last few minutes I have, I want to just run through how do we transition uh, from from a level one uh, to a two, from a two to a three, a three to a four. Um, and what I'll do is I'll actually include a lot of the notes uh, part um, in, uh, um, in, in some of the places where uh, where I have. And I won't run through through all of them like that. You didn't have to leave, but that's okay. <laughs> but, what, but what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll share some of those. Fashion done jumped off. But here's what I want to do. I want to talk about how do we transition. That's funny. How do we transition uh, uh, out of these? What, what are the personal steps that we can take to move through each of these stages? Now, again, you have to self-identify. Where are you? If there's something in your life that you're functioning in a level one, here's what you need to do. Transitioning from level one to a level two is going to Im involve embracing awareness. Okay. If you are a reluctant participant, right, then you're going to have to learn how to embrace awareness. What do I mean by embracing awareness? There's going to have to be some self-reflection. You're going to have to understand the root of your reluctance. Why are you reluctant? Why are you reluctant to Now this ain't digging around in the dirt. This is just asking yourself the question. Why are you reluctant? to the thing that you say you're committed to. Is it a fear of failure? Is it a fear of success? Is it just a lack of interest? Is it external pressure? Are you doing it? Are, are you happy being a size 14, but the person you with wants you to be a size eight? And that's the reason you go into the gym? Is that your reluctance? You know, what? What? what is the, what is the reason behind it? Uh, and then once you understand the reason behind it, you're gonna have to find some motivation if it's something that you're gonna still pursue. You have to identify aspects of the activity or the goal that might excite you or benefit you. You know, a lot of people I've heard people say they love to work out. OK, but I've also people said I can't stand working out. But what I've also seen is both of those groups of people say it's necessary for me to work out. So I find motivation to do it. What's my motivation to do it? Some people's motivation to do it may be I feel great when I work out. Another person's motivation may be I don't want to have heart disease. And so whatever it is, is going to be your motivation. Once you become self-reflective and ask yourself, what's the root of my reluctance? Then you have to find the motivation in order for you to pursue after what you're pursuing after. If you want to move from a level one to at least a level two. And then what you have to do once you find the motivation, then you need to seek inspiration. OK, because you're not going to be motivated every day. Every day won't be you won't be motivated to work out every day just because you know you need to in order to improve your heart health. OK, so you got to engage with success stories. You got to read books. You got to talk to people who have succeeded in the area that you want to be in. And when you do that, when you embrace awareness, that is the key from transitioning from a level one to a level two. OK, I got to embrace awareness. I need self-reflection. I need motivation and I need inspiration. And that's how we move from level one to level two. All right. Embracing awareness. Somebody type in the comment section. See, I'm going to embrace awareness. All right. Now, here's how we transition from a level uh, a level two to. Oh, maybe I did that wrong. Yes, here's that's that's from level one to level two. Here's how I transition from a level two to a level three. Maybe you're at a level two. Maybe you're already at that stage where you're desiring results or you want rewards, but you ain't putting forth no work. OK, how am I going to do that? You're going to have to do what I call cultivate a desire. You're going to have to cultivate a desire. What does that mean? You're going to have to set some small goals. You're going to have to begin with manageable objectives that will give you some quick wins. 
Why do I, why do you need quick wins? Because you hadn't been putting forth any effort. Now you need to see how, when you put forth at least some effort, you get some results so that you can then begin to equate your effort, your willingness to do the work with getting the reward as opposed to sitting around waiting on somebody else to do it and you getting the reward. You got to learn to educate yourself, learn about the effort required to achieve your goals. You ask almost any person who's achieved anything great, they will tell you it didn't come easy. It didn't come easy. You look at people, look at, look at all the athletes in the world, look at all the actors in the world, look at all the musicians in the world. Those people will tell you they had a lot of bumps and bruises along the journey, but they had to put in the effort. There's probably a lot of great singers out there, better than some of the best singers you know. But you know why you don't know them? They didn't put in the effort. There's probably some great ball players out there, better than the ball players who you recognize as great ball players. But you know why you don't know their name? They didn't put in the effort. And if you don't put in the effort, your name won't be etched in the destiny of which you desire. So you got to make sure you put in the effort. And then you need to hold yourself accountable. You need to set some small goals, educate yourself, and then you need to have some accountability. You have to share your desires with someone who can hold you accountable, reducing the temptation to seek rewards without effort. You got to get you somebody in your life who will say, well, why did you think you were supposed to have gotten that promotion when you when you haven't put forth any work for the promotion? You need somebody who can be honest with you, not just people who are willing to blow sunshine uh, on your backside all the time. You need somebody who will tell you the honest God truth about your effort and why you aren't seeing the results that you see. Okay, that's what you need to do if you want to go from a level two to a level three, if you happen to be at level two. If you are at a level three, if you're at that ambiguous intent stage, right, if you're at that ambiguous intent stage and you want to go uh, to level four, uh, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to define your goals. Okay, you're going to have to gain clarity in order to go from a three to a four. You must gain clarity. Clarity about what? You got to define your goals. You got to you got to have what I call smart goals. And most of you know about smart goals. S-M-A-R-T. It stands for specific goals that are measurable, achievable. They're relevant and they're time bound or time sensitive. You got to have a smart goal, something that can be measured. OK. And then once you get that goal, you need a plan. You need an actual plan. People in the body of Christ act like sometimes God is not a planner, but God is the is the master planner. And there's nothing wrong with planning. Everything doesn't have to be spontaneous. There are things that can be God. In fact, one of the things that God will give you when you are in faith is a plan of action. And so you need a plan. You need to create a roadmap. You need to break down the steps that you need to achieve your goals. You need to have a project plan for achieving your goals. Why? Because in that way, it helps you uh, to do what you did in the previous stage, which is to create those small wins so that you keep putting forth the effort. And then you need to learn to overcome ambiguity. Educate yourself further. Seek mentorship and clarify bounds. There is nothing better than being clear. There's nothing better than being clear. When you know exactly what you want, you know exactly how to achieve it, you know exactly the direction you need to go, that's the best path to start on. Now, I tell people all the time, in, in my life, I do that about most of the things in my life, but I always allow Holy Spirit to be able to call an audible. And so I want to say that to you. I'm not telling you to get so rigid in your plan, to get so rigid in your goal, to get so rigid in your, in your, in your direction that you don't allow the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to you and call an audible if he needs to. Somebody said, what's an audible? Well, for instance, if you're on a football field, they typically call a play in or two or three plays in. When the quarterback gets to the line, he looks to see what the defense is set up in. If the defense is set up in such a way that the play that they called is not a good play, he calls an audible. He calls a different play. Sometimes God will send you down a path, but because we live in a world and God already knows, he already sees all the different things the enemy can do. When the enemy makes his move, God will call an audible. He'll tell you to do something different. And that's why we say all the time at our church, you have to be hearing what God is saying, not just what he said. You need to gain clarity. OK, and then if you're going to transition from a level four to a level five, OK, if you're going to come out of this half baked commitment. You're 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 much more committed than level one. You're much more committed than level two. You're much more committed to level three. Uh, but at level four, you're still not going to get the results that you really desire because there are some pieces missing. 
And so what am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to strengthen my commitment. If I'm at a level four and you, you're, you're self-determining this, if you say, yep, I'm at a level four about go X, but I want to be at a five. I told Pastor Edwin, Pastor Sean, I wanted to be at a five. Then how am I going to get there? You're going to have to learn to strengthen your commitment. How do I strengthen my commitment? Number one, I got to employ consistency. Consistency has to become your friend. You got to learn to build habits that support your goals. You got to commit to regular actions. You got to you got to start writing things down. You got to you got to be able to say, here's what I need to get accomplished this week. OK, and then you got to govern yourselves accordingly and then check off the list when you get them done. And if you don't get them done, figure out why you're not getting them done so you can become consistent in those areas, even if they're small things. Everything didn't have to be a big major thing. Sometimes you just need to do the small things because five small things will move you toward the big thing. So you need to employ consistency if you're going to strengthen your commitment. The other thing you need to do is to work on your mindset. You got to develop a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset. You hear me talk about that all the time. And I talk about that all the time because people with a fixed mindset, they are people who always find problems with no solutions. But people who have a growth mindset, they see the same problems, but they allow their mind to function in finding solutions. OK, so you got to learn to embrace some failures as learning opportunities. And then the other thing you need to do, which you need to do in level three, four and five, is you got to seek support. You got to surround yourself with the right team. Surround yourself with like minded individuals. Join groups who are, have the same goal. Engage in communities that align to your goals. I can't tell you the number of TikToks my wife has sent me about eating right since she's made that commitment to eat right. Why? Because the more information she finds out, she's sharing that information. She's sharing it with me. She's sharing it with other people. She's getting information from other people who've been on the journey longer than her. Why? Because she is strengthening her commitment. Why? Because she knows that, 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 that birthday cake still tastes good. She, 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 she knows that a, a sweet tea is still really good. She, she understands that, that having a dessert, uh, some key lime pie is, is really good, but those are the things that she's not eating right now. So she has to strengthen her commitment so that she doesn't fall back into the trap of doing what she used to do. All right. And then lastly, and we're going to finish up here. We're right at an hour. We have to learn that if we're going to go from level four to level five, Okay? If we're going to thrive in level five, then we have to do what's called learning how to maintain a resolute pursuit. We got to maintain a resolute pursuit. How do I do that? Number one, I learned to celebrate my milestones. You need to do this in it, no matter what level you are. If you're progressing, as you progress, celebrate yourself. Don't beat yourself up because you're not living at a level five in one particular area. If you went from a one to a three, celebrate that and then say, OK, let me go back and remember what I need to do to get from three to a four. OK, if I'm at a three, I got to gain, I got to gain clarity. If I'm at a four, I got to strengthen my commitment. Right. Because I want to get to this maintaining this resolute pursuit attitude. So I got to celebrate milestones. I got to stay focused. I have to continually educate myself and stay updated with any new information or techniques related to my goal. I cannot hang around people who are going to tell me it doesn't take all that. We say that about our church all the time. Yes, you can go to another church where you come in and you sit down, you sing a song, you hear a 10-minute message, and you leave and live the same. At our church, we tell people, it does take all of that. If you want to walk in love, live by faith and experience God's prosperity, it's going to take all of the work necessary. And you got to be willing to put it in if you're going to live and have this life that allows you to maintain resolute pursuit of all of your goals. And then the thing I think people don't do enough of, which is the last one, is you need to regularly reevaluate, regularly reevaluate. Why? Because you have to ensure that your goals still align with your personal values and desires and then make adjustments as necessary. You can be in the pursuit of a goal and then realize it was a self pursuit rather than a God ordained pursuit. And if that's the case, then you have to make the determining factor to switch. You know, 
you you have to, you have to say, wait, I got to change this up. I got to reevaluate. Uh, and so we ought to be constantly reevaluating our goals. And so that's what I wanted to share today on on this podcast. I want you to understand that commitment, personal commitment is a journey and it doesn't happen in a vacuum. And it's not always linear that that you may start at a one and go to a three and then drop back to a two. You have to be constantly evaluating what is your personal commitment to your dreams to your desires, to your outcomes, to the things that you have said are important. And then once you've done that, then once you've determined this is where I am, now what do I do in order to move to the next level? If I'm at a one, I got to learn how to embrace awareness to get to a two. If I'm at a two, then I have to learn how to cultivate desire to get from a two to a three. If I'm at a three, then I have to learn to I have to learn to gain clarity to get from a three to a four. And if I'm at a four and I want to get to a five and live at level five, I have to learn how to strengthen my commitment. Whatever I'm committed to, I got to learn to strengthen it. All right. Listen, go back and listen to Strategies for Success yesterday. Uh, if you don't have a church home, uh, somebody says, how do I maintain level five if you're at level five? You, again, you got to celebrate those milestones. Okay, you got to celebrate along the way. You got to stay informed. You got to keep reading. If you don't learn stuff, you end up only knowing what you knew 10 years ago. So you got to stay informed and then you got to regularly reevaluate your goals and objectives. That's how you thrive in level five. Once you get to level five, if you're at a level four and you've been spending time strengthening that commitment and now you're at a level five, the way to maintain that level five living is by making sure you're celebrating yourself along the way and then making sure that you are staying informed of everything necessary to achieve that goal and then reevaluate that goal to make sure it's still a goal that's important to you. Because if it's not a goal that's not important to you, then you'll drop back all the way to a level one because you'll be a reluctant participant. Okay. Listen, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Pastor Sean, thank you so much for, for jumping in there and being with me today as I get ready to close and they can edit this part out when they do the editing of the podcast. But I want to just remind the people who have been following my page, who've been following me, um, that I have a GoFundMe set up. Uh, it is not for me. I have a GoFund set up so that we can help assist six different high schools in the state of Arkansas who have students who have, are taking the AP African-American studies uh, course. The state of Arkansas, uh, Governor uh, Sanders, along with our education secretary, uh, have stated that they are not going to pay for those students to take the end of year AP exam. Um, they are calling the class a class of indoctrination, uh, a class designed for the leftist agenda. Um, and it almost seems, I won't say that it is, but it almost seems that anything that has African-American attached to it, they somehow find a way to discredit it or to count it as being something leftist or something involving woke or indoctrination or whatever buzzword they have. And so we set up a GoFundMe. We raised uh, in about three days, we've raised over $5,000. Thank you to the, I think it's almost like 80 people now who've given. Thank you to the 80 people who have given uh, to the GoFundMe. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, man, just take a moment and actually go to my page. Uh, just go to my page, my Facebook page. You can read several of the things I posted about what the governor has said and done uh, determining that. Um, and, 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 and now we found out yesterday uh, because the schools resisted and said that they were going to allow the students to take the classes anyway, that they were going to count them as credit and they were going to count them on a five point scale. Um, kind of in the face of what the state said, the state then came back and said, okay, we're demanding, I think it's by September the 8th, that each of those six schools have to turn in all of the materials, any guest speakers, any supplemental materials, anything that they're going to use to teach the course, um, which, which really is just, uh, it's just something that they added because they have the power to do because they haven't done that with AP uh, European history. They haven't done it with AP psych. They haven't done it with AP uh, US government, but, but they're trying to deter these schools uh, from really teaching 
or allowing the teaching of AP African-American studies. Um, and, and they're trying to uh, basically say that these, these, these classes are gonna teach students how to hate America. Uh, and that just couldn't be any further from the truth. It just couldn't be any further from the truth. And we know the real purpose and agenda behind it. And so for those of you who, who are willing to help, those of you who are willing to get involved, you know, I got involved because the Holy Spirit said, you're just going to sit there and complain about it, or you're going to be part of the solution. Uh, and we didn't want to have any students not be able to take the AP exam um, at the end of the school year because of, because of some financial um, hurdle that they had to overcome. So you can go to my page. Uh, there's actually a link here. Uh, I'll put this same link uh, in the uh, comment section for just a second before we go. Uh, but I just encourage you, even if you say, well, I don't even know anything about this. I encourage you to go read it. It's made national news. It's made national news because they, not only did they decide not to allow the schools to teach the class for credit, they didn't tell them until two days before school started. And one of the high schools had already been in session for a week. Um, and if you know anything about AP classes, you know those college board classes are rigorous classes. And so when the governor said that we need to get back to the basics of teaching math, reading, writing, and American history, uh, to me, that was simply a dog whistle to say that we don't need to be spending time talking about African-American history, but there would be no U.S. history uh, without African-American history. So I just encourage you to, to consider what we're doing and to consider uh, being a part of it. So if you would like to, uh, I put the link in the comment section on the pages that, that most of you, I believe, are watching from, whether that is YouTube or Facebook. Listen, whether you give $10, $20, uh, the test costs $90. A lot of you uh, could actually uh, support one student and just give the $90. Um, but if you can't, maybe you can do half of that or maybe you can do half of the half. You know, if you can give $20 or $25 uh, because we've already hit the $5,000 mark. We're a third of the way there. We estimate there to be about 150 students statewide who may need some support in some case. Uh, and so our goal is to raise $15,000. But whatever we raise, every bit of it, except for the, the fee that goes to uh, the GoFundMe, every bit of that uh, is going to go to helping make sure that those students are able to take that exam. And so I thank you guys for being here on Ed Talk. Uh, I thank you for taking the moment and listen to me talk about the GoFundMe and why I, be why I believe it's important. Uh, and I appreciate you uh, for being here today. Listen, catch me next week. Catch me next week. I'll see you here. Same bat time, same bat station. Um, and you know what? Share this podcast. Okay. Also, you can, if you don't follow me, go to, you can follow me on YouTube. Go to pastorstrick.com, www.pastorstrick, one word, pastorstrick.com, and you'll be able uh, to subscribe. And you'll know when I come live every Tuesday. All right. God bless you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye.